everyone, and welcome to the Church Changer Podcast. We are so glad you could join us. My name is Lauren Berkerich, and I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my co-host, my pastor, and my boss, Tim Lucas. Hey, Tim. What's up, Lauren? Welcome, gang. Our first episode of the Church Changer Podcast. Can you believe it, Lauren? I, I can't believe it's actually happening. We've talked about this for a couple of years, and uh, this is an exciting moment. I, I think the best way to kick things off is just telling you a little bit about who we are, what we hope this podcast will serve you and add value to your life. Um, So I'm the founding and lead pastor of Liquid Church in New Jersey. Yes, there are Christians in New Jersey. (laughs) Some people wonder that. We named the church Liquid because Jesus calls himself the living water. So we just feel like, man, church should be the most refreshing place on the planet. Um, We're multi-site church. So we have seven physical locations scattered around the tri-state area, right outside of Manhattan, and a very robust church online audience. Uh, The truth is, my wife, Colleen, and I, we started Liquid on accident. I'm the accidental pastor, you know. Uh, We had a dozen 20-something friends meeting in the basement of a 150-year-old church, and uh, we've been on a rocket ship ride. You know, by God's grace, we've made every mistake in the book, uh, but he has somehow seen fit uh, to help us become one of the fastest-growing churches in the country. So it's been a wild ride, and this Easter, it's going to be our 15-year anniversary Lauren, tell us a little bit about how you joined this roller coaster ride. Yeah, I would love to. So I'm also part of the Liquid Church team. I've served as the communications director here for seven years, which means that I lead on marketing, branding, our voice as a church. And in recent years, I've expanded into thinking about our digital footprint as well. But in my past professional life, I was a journalist. I worked for nearly a decade as a television news reporter. You guys know those poor people who stand out in the middle of the snowstorms or they hang (laughs) onto the pole in the middle of the hurricane. Uh, Well, that was me. I also spent a few years in public relations promoting authors, thought leaders, and corporations. And that was before my campus pastor approached me and asked me about joining the team here at Liquid, and I haven't looked back. So that's a bit about us and our roles, but just on a personal note for our listeners to let you know a little bit about myself, I'm a mom to two toddler boys. I'm awaiting the arrival of baby number three due this summer. I'm a Jersey girl, but along the way, I've had the opportunity to call the Midwest home. I loved my time in Indiana. That's actually where I found my wonderful husband, Cameron, and I brought him back to the East Coast with me. I've also called Illinois, Ohio, and South Korea home. So, Tim, give us a little sneak peek just on the personal side, a fun fact or two. Well, my wife, Colleen, is my college sweetheart. We met in freshman writing class out at Wheaton College in Illinois, where actually my daughter is a sophomore there. I also have a a son, Walker, who is a uh, high school senior. And so uh, during the pandemic, we actually made a major move. We're part of those crazy people who picked up and moved. uh, Like so many people, we actually now live... Um, on a lake. We live in a more rural part of New Jersey. I think people, you know, they fly into Newark Airport and they think, this is called the Garden State? Like, what are you talking about? But uh, we're thoroughly enjoying lake life. That's awesome. Awesome. But enough about us, right? If you are listening right now, you want to know, hey, what is Church Changer all about? Well, we are hoping we can help you increase your impact. 100%. This really is a gift. Um, And what I felt is like the Lord telling me a few years ago, hey, Tim, I want you to tithe your time as a leader, to pour into the capital C church, you know? I think a lot of times pastors put their heads down, they become all about like, hey, and we want to be for our local neighborhoods, our communities. But, you know, a divided world needs a united church. And so this podcast is really designed for anyone working in the ministry space. Um, You may be a volunteer, you may be a staff member, you may be a church planter, or you're a senior leader looking to retread for the next season. What we want to do is help you 
push past organizational pain points. Or as we like to say, we want to rip the lid off your leadership. Because I'll tell you, as a lead pastor, a lot of times I'm the lid. (laughs) People can't grow past and that's painful. Uh, But our goal at Church Changer is really just to equip and cheerlead church leaders with practical tools, not concepts, not theories, but real practical tools you can use Monday morning to make Sunday successful. We want to give you proven strategies and best practices to help you reach more people for Christ than ever before. Yeah, Tim, you know, you mentioned being practical. Just to drive that point home, we are really hoping that we're going to share some takeaways in each episode that you can literally start putting into practice the very next day. So we're also going to talk about topics when they're most relevant to you. In other words, we're not going to talk about Christmas planning in December because it's too late. Too late. <laughs> too late. Yep. We want to help you be really strategic in your planning. So we're excited to collaborate with you, cheerlead for you. Our heart is really to help you reach more people for Christ. And I think we're going to have some fun and a lot of laughs in the process. Yeah. So you guys know our podcasting rhythm. We're going to be releasing new episodes on the first Tuesday of every month. And we'll be hosting various guests. And we cannot wait to introduce you to these experts so you can listen in on those conversations. But today, since we're just getting to know each other, Tim and I thought we'd tackle our first topic together. And our promise to you today is to give you three digital church hacks for 2022. So you ready to get started? Let's get it. So Lauren, if there was one buzzword or phrase for 2021, I think it would be hybrid church. You know, BC, when you think about before COVID, (laughs) remember that? Uh, Digital ministry, I think, was an afterthought for a lot of churches. Now, again, at Liquid, we started a church in 2007, so we we actually had an online church pastor, one of the earlier churches in the country to adopt that. Um, But some of you listening maybe didn't even have church online back in, you know, 2019. Then all of a sudden, like 2020, it became our lifeline. And for a lot of us, it's like the singular focus was we've got to become an online church because people were home. And that was a really rough time of transition. I talked with a lot of pastors, coached some guys and gals, and I just say that they say 2021 and now 2022 is almost more painful for churches because everybody's trying to figure out, like, what's the balance? We want to recall people to in-person church, but digital ministry ain't going away. In fact, people live on the internet. Their lives are hybrid. They sometimes shop in person. A lot of times we'll order online. And how do we figure out what the heck does it really mean to be a hybrid church? Does it just mean we've got a, a killer Instagram feed? It's a lot more than that. Absolutely. And while many of us are experiencing those growing pains as we push toward hybrid church, I really do feel passionate that in order to stay relevant, hybrid church will need to be a reality for many of us. At this point, I think we can give up the idea that this is just a passing fad. But the truth is, before you can become a truly hybrid church, you have to invest in your digital footprint. So I want to start there today because every church has a digital footprint and we know people are finding us online. So what they find, well, it better be good, right? So I want to first encourage you to audit your digital properties. Can I just pause, slow yeah. down there? You're saying audit. I'm not a lawyer. I'm, not a, <laughs> yeah, I'm a pastor, man. What do you mean audit your digital properties? Yeah, what I mean is like just Take a step back, right? Like pause, take a moment, a little extra time, slow down, take stock of where you're at and what everything that you have actually looks like. So you could do this at any time. You could start tomorrow, right? It's essentially examining everything that you're putting out into the digital world and seeing if it 
is what you want it to really be. So everything from social feeds to posted sermons, streaming services. Your website, your app, anything that people are finding out there. And I'm going to divide these into two categories. So first, take the time to examine everything that you own online. That's number one. That's your like your website, your mobile app. By the way, I say that you own these because you exert full control over the content and the design. It's not like you're going to wake up one morning and somebody changed your website on you, you know? But you also have to examine everything that you rent online. That's category number two, because we all rent space on, say, YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And here's why that audit is so important, because what you're communicating about your church and yourself in that digital space, it's either hurting you or it's helping you. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So you're saying kind of do a little inventory. What are the properties that we own that are ours, like our website, whatever? What do we rent? That's interesting. I've never heard that language. You kind of rent a YouTube channel. Oh my goodness. If you work in the social space, you know the pain of (laughs) Facebook or Instagram changing their algorithm on you and suddenly you have to reinvent the wheel and how you do things. So that's why it's rented space, right? We don't control those platforms. Yeah. You know, I talk to a lot of pastors who feel like, no, we've got a pretty good website, but then I'll actually, whenever I meet somebody, the first thing I do is I, I don't know if you guys know this hack. This is kind of funny. Whenever somebody emails me from another church, you can always see like the address in their email name. Yeah. I go first to their website before I even email them back. Oh, that's so fascinating. And I always go down to the bottom. We've never even talked about this. I go to the footer and I see when is this copyright? And it's like, you know, you know, Hope XYZ Church, you know, and it's like copyright 2017. That's fascinating. And I instantly know they're already five years behind. Like, think about that, okay? If your website looks outdated, if it's not mobile friendly, you could have killer content, but the reality is if you're thinking people are just looking on a 16 by nine screen, the reality is they're accessing it on their phone. Mm -hmm. If you are offering a poor user experience, you might as well just like broadcast to young people, to Gen Z, don't come here, we're out of touch, we're still, we're storming the 90s. It's actually hurting your church. So if you find that your website's lacking, this is really a moment, I think, in 2022 to prioritize a reboot. You want to create something, not just that you're proud of, but that communicates who you are, what you're all about, communicates in a dynamic way before you start sending people to your physical location. But once your website is ready, then it's time for our first hack. So tell us about that, Lauren. Yeah. So our first digital hack for you is start hosting a blog on your website and reverse engineer your content. I know a blog is not a revolutionary idea. It's been around for a long time. In fact, blogging first became popular in the early 2000s. But just stick with me here because blogging is still very relevant today. It's a great tool for SEO, for bringing new people to your website. Now, most blogs actually focus on what you want to talk about. People use it kind of like a personal outlet, right? But I'm suggesting that you're going to write about what people want to read about. So that begs the question. Well, what do people actually want to read about? So at Liquid, we literally research the questions that people are asking Google that relate to faith, and then we create the content to answer those questions. I just want to give you a few example blog headlines with you that we've put out there to drive this point home. So around Easter time, a popular question Google receives is, why do Christians celebrate Easter? Isn't that fascinating? People want to know, what is, the, what is Easter all about? So we created a blog with that exact headline, and we provide the answer. Now, this is so interesting. You're saying blog, but in many ways, it's like an article. It's like a news article. Absolutely. So you would go to some church websites, and that's what they would call it. They would just call it an article section. But it's like written content, 600 to 800 words on a specific topic. You know, it has links maybe to other resources in it. 
but it's a snapshot. And so that's helpful for SEO. SEO, what's that stand for? Search engine optimization. So when someone types in Google, like, and guys, think about this. We're living in a post-Christian culture. So more and more in the spring, people are like, "Uh, why do people celebrate Easter? And so there's Google's going to say, hey, celebrate Easter, search for articles on that, but then it leads back to your church. Exactly. Okay. So then when somebody types that in the search bar, why do Christians celebrate Easter, your article's going to appear Got it. You're as the an answer to it. that. Exactly. Okay. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Think about and research what the questions are that people are actually asking. So I'll give you another example Um, We created a series called Bible Versus About, and fill in the blank, lots of topics, felt needs, anxiety, healing. The big topics, people look for anxiety, depression, healing, forgiveness. Forgiveness, reconciliation. I can't even remember them all. I think we have dozens of them now. But the truth is people actually go to Google and ask that question. Yeah. What are Bible verses about anxiety? Yeah, I've done it myself. (laughs) Yeah. And people then, our article pops up. So what we did is we created these blogs that are top 10 lists, which is a popular format, right, in our culture today, but it's a top 10 list of Bible verses by topic. And so what we're actually doing is responding to people's felt needs. And through that, you actually lead them to your church website. Again, I just want to point out, these are real questions. People are typing into Google. And because we want to show up in the search results, we're answering those questions. And it's really working, Tim. Our blog content drives thousands of new visitors to our website every month. Think of it this way, guys. It's like leading, leaving breadcrumbs, right, in the digital space yeah. for people to find your church. And so what Lauren's really getting at here is that we're just optimizing part of our regular blog content or just creating these little articles. And we produce it with intentionality to show up in search results. Um, But let me just share a great entry point into blogging because I'm also guessing that there's some people rolling their eyes like, oh, I tried to blog back in 2005. It's probably, we all have a dead blog out there somewhere. That's true. Do you remember Blogger? That's how it all got started. I I had a blog on Blogger, which I just dated What was the name of your old blog? Uh, it had something, I was a reporter at the time, so it had something to do with my experiences reporting. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it was like a behind the scenes, extra, yes. extra content. Yes. I had it with TypePad and my okay. blog was called Big Hair Preacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's New Jersey, like Bon Jovi, Big now, Hair now Preacher. Now everybody has to look you up to see your big hair. Exactly. Exactly. But the point is, guys, it's not like that. It's not like this onerous task that you've got to, oh, I've got to journal something every day. It's not like a blog like that. It is more about creating high value, high interest content Mm -hmm. that makes Google go to your site. And so here's an easy way to get into it. Because if you're like, hey man, I'm a one man show. I'm a church planner. I don't have a communications director. You don't need that. One little way you could put your dip your toe in this water is, um, Lauren, what you did is you said, Tim, give me your manuscript to your sermon. Because I, I don't write just a detailed outline. Some guys do an outline. I do actually a manuscript. And she would take my, you know, 15 pages and trim it down into like a 600 to 800 word piece. That's it. Literally. It's not new content. It's repurposing my existing content because I'm creating a Sunday sermon every week. So I'm just guessing that there's probably a volunteer or maybe a staff member at your church who could do that. Okay. So don't get overwhelmed by this before you object and you think about the fact, well, I don't have a team of writers. I don't want, I can't do another blog on top of everything else. Most of us don't have that time. Just know that you don't need a dedicated staff to get this started. You can get your feet wet with a weekly sermon summary 
and then let it branch out from there. Yeah, and one of the best things, guys, about creating a blog on your website is it's free. Magic free. word, right? This <laughs> fits in everyone's budget. So what you want to do, just taking a step back, remember, we're going to audit our website. Right. So we're going to see, is this really communicating to people what I hope it will communicate? Or does it need to get updated? If the answer is, yes, it needs some updates, then make those updates. But once it's ready to go, then invest in a blog and start driving traffic, start driving people to your site. Okay, Lauren, honest moment here. What's like one of the biggest challenges of maintaining the blog? It's like everything in ministry, right? I It's carving out time for it. I am certain there is not a single person listening to this podcast who just has a ton of free time on their hands. So at Liquid, what we do is we have this weekly rhythm for producing our sermon summaries and uploading those to our blog. So I would say we built those into our calendars and our workflow, and I'd recommend that for anyone listening so it becomes actually part of your routine. It is the extras, the optimized content. Say you want to produce something for special events like Mother's Day or Easter or Christmas or transitional times of year like the start of the school year. They can catch you by surprise. So I'd say plan ahead. Mark it on your calendar that this is the time to start thinking about that. Um, And then you know, you want to make your blog relevant and worth reading. But I really do think this is achievable for churches of any size and can benefit churches of any size. And that's why I feel it's a good digital hack for our our audience. All right, let's move on to hack number two. This, I think, is my favorite one, because up next, we're talking about rethinking your marketing strategy. Now, I know people here in marketing, you know, church markets, it's just letting people know you exist and that you're there to inject the community with hope and love and faith. And and when we talk about promotion, marketing, or advertising, the most common hurdle churches face is their budget, right? They say, well, I don't have an advertising budget. You know, I can't afford to be on the radio. No, 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 no. We know your budget is limited, so you have to spend whatever dollars you have wisely And Lauren got my attention because I remember we were going to meet for a meeting and you sent me like, hey, there are three things I want to talk about. And you had on there $10,000 free in Google ad money. (laughs) And $10,000 didn't move my ticker, but the word free did. I was like, free? It can't. There's nothing free in life. So Lauren, with that in mind, how has your promotion planning shifted since COVID? Yeah. You know, I hope everybody has taken a look at your promotional planning since COVID because it may be time to, you know, do some pivoting of your thinking and your dollars. So before COVID, I spent a significant portion of my budget on radio advertising. Here we are in New Jersey. Guys, commutes here in New Jersey, they're known to be long. People spend plenty of time in their cars. And historically, radio has been that good investment for us, right? When we asked our guests how they heard about our church pre-COVID, 10% told us it was on the radio. And you know what's funny about that? This is so important, though, because I had somebody say, oh, I saved up. We did a big radio ad for Easter. Yeah. Totally worthless. The key to radio is repetition. If you're not willing to invest week after week, month after month, drip, 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 it's totally not worth it. And the pandemic for us changed everything. Suddenly people aren't commuting anymore. They're not spending hours in their car. Yeah. So pre-COVID, it was actually one of my biggest budget lines because of that repetition, right? But then COVID hit. It's like commute stopped. I got to take my dollars elsewhere. So I brought them over to the digital space and I am not going back. Um, So I want to encourage everybody to start advertising on Google. You know, you probably notice this, guys. Anytime you search for something in Google, your results always turn up some ads at the top of the page. Sometimes that's annoying. But those ads are placed by businesses that pay Google, so they're the priority hit. In other words, each time you click 
on one of those ads that Google uh, provides, it gets a few pennies. So you're going to love the hack for this because it's free. Yeah. So Tim, you teased ahead for this, right? Here's the hack. You can start advertising on Google for free. And I'm realizing free is going to be a keyword in this podcast today, which I love. Who doesn't <laughs> like free stuff? But if you haven't already, let me encourage you to apply for a Google ad grant specifically for nonprofits. I'm gonna. I'm just going to write this down because yeah. I'm thinking people are going to actually Google this now as they're listening. Google ad grant specifically for nonprofits? Yes. And guys, we're going to create a leader guide for you that goes along with this episode. Okay. So you, I will have all the information on this ad grant, links for you, how to get that. So don't worry about that. All you have to do is go to churchchanger.com slash podcast to get your hands on that. But let me tell you about this ad grant. Google gives you $10,000 per month in free money to advertise on the Google search results page. So just let that sink in. 10000 a month is $120,000 of free advertising a year. I'm going to guess that's more than all of our budgets. Incredible. Definitely more than our budget. Again, that's the Google ad grant for nonprofits. I, I couldn't believe it. When you told me yeah. this, I was like, there's got to be fine print. There's got to be a hook. But guys, it's incredible. It's been a game changer for us. You can actually create Google ads to promote your Sunday services, to promote church online in your region or special events you're hosting, like a marriage night or maybe it's an Easter egg hunt. But Let's just go beyond that and chat about where hack number one and number two collide. Because if you create an awesome blog or article post, you can also then create Google ads to drive traffic to that actual content, correct? Exactly. I nerd out on this. I love this. So let me give you a quick example. We did a blog at the start of the school year. It was called Establishing Routines That Work for Your Family. And we created ads around that in the month of September, knowing, hey, people are going to be asking Google-related questions at this time of year. So just to be clear, though, this isn't clickbait. We're investing the time. We're creating quality content. So people are receiving the answers to their questions, and we get them to our website at the same time, all for free. So two of our most successful Google ads of all time— Push people to blogs we had created about healing and anxiety, which I mentioned earlier, those Bible verses about. And I love that because in that moment, somebody isn't searching for a church, but they discover us in the process of getting their questions answered. So again, the process looks like this. We determine the hot topics, right? People are asking Google about. We write those relevant blog posts. We tackle those topics. And then we create the Google ads around them to promote it. People see the ad read the blog, and then they land on our website. And our hope, of course, is that they're going to stick around, learn a little bit more about Liquid and Jesus. In many ways, what you're doing is you're just putting many, many hooks in the water, right? Yes, And if absolutely. you're like, I have no idea where to begin, actually go to Google and type in a question that says, why does God allow? And then just see what it autofills in. It's, it's going to fill in suffering, divorce, et cetera. Whatever it is in your community, it's going to tailor it to that and it'll probably stimulate ideas. Now, if you're wondering, how, just go back, Lauren, how do you get that $10,000 in free yeah. <laughs> ad dollars from Google? Let me encourage you, go to our website, churchchanger.com slash podcast. What we have there, you can download our free, keyword free, free leader guide with detailed notes. Lauren has put all the links in for you because I'm all about, man, send me directly there. We've got everything you need in that guide to implement what we've been talking about today. In fact, we even have a bonus recommendation for you in our leader guide. We have an incredible vendor who partners with us on our Google ads, and we give them a shout out in our leader guide. So if you want to somebody actually take the wheel, you're like, I can't get into the weeds of this and secure this grant for you and manage it, they can do that for you. We recommend them to you simply because it's been a huge win for us as a church. 
and we want to give you as much practical info as possible. So snag that recommendation, our leader guide at churchchanger.com slash podcast. Okay, everyone, that brings us to hack number three. So earlier I talked about your digital footprint and that we all have owned and rented properties. Now, rented properties online are like your social media accounts, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, etc. You rent the space, but those companies, they create the rules, the algorithms, and they can change them at any time. But if you play by the rules, you will reap the rewards. So for our hack today, we're honing in on YouTube. And by the way, the best practices or rules for success on YouTube, they're not a secret. YouTube has an entire, what they call a creator academy, and it's actually dedicated to teaching you how to be successful on YouTube. They have a step-by-step quick start guide, video tutorials. They actually want you to be successful, to gain more viewers. And the magic word again is that it's all free. Yes. So definitely check out that Creator Academy. It's a wonderful resource, but that's not even our hack. So here's our hack. The one thing you need to do on YouTube, and you can start doing this tomorrow, is renaming your videos. Now, most churches already have a YouTube page, but they're not putting their best foot forward. Again, audit your YouTube channel, right? Take a look at that. Are you putting your best foot forward? Are you following best practices? What we see is that most churches are uploading their sermons and the video titles are something like a study on Nehemiah, part one. Now, (laughs) What's wrong with that? You don't like my sermon title? Right, right. That may be what your message is about, but on YouTube, you want the title of your sermons to actually be searchable. Now, preachers and uh, communicators, little humility here. Uh, this is so important, and Lauren has been a great mentor to me in this. It is such a simple fix. Here's the deal. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. Okay, Google's the first. But the most important thing about the content that you upload to YouTube is the title and description of your video. Not that it makes sense to you, but that it's searchable and what people are looking for. So this is where I need to appeal to my fellow, you know, lead pastors and preachers out there. We all love our clever series and our alliterative sermon titles. Let's just be honest about that, right? (laughs) We all love it, you know. For your congregation, you call the message, you know, whatever you want. But on YouTube, clear eats clever for lunch every single day. I'm telling you, being clear, clarity beats cleverness. So Lauren, I'm giving you full permission. You can throw me under the bus right now, but what does it look like in practice to rename sermon titles? Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Okay, Tim, you asked for it and I have come prepared. (laughs) I knew you would. (laughs) So Tim preached a message series called Crazy Happy. And one of his sermon titles was Declaration of Dependence. Isn't that good? That's so good. It is. I know our teaching pastors, they love that alliteration, right? So does Jesus. He loves it. It rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Bonus points when it's alliterative and it's a little clever. Declaration of dependence. Get it? It's not independence of God. I do. You want to be dependent on God? Oh, I think it's so good. It's a DD, man. Oh, Jesus is just feeling warm in his heart right now. (laughs) I'm just telling you. That's how we think. So... Right? We can celebrate that. We can celebrate the creativity there. But the problem is no one's going to YouTube and typing declaration of dependence into the search. So on YouTube, we titled the message, Finding Happiness in Hard Times. Which I was like, finding happiness in hard times? Man, that's... I don't know. Isn't that too cliche? But then you did alliterate a little bit, which I appreciated. Oh, I'm glad. It was more for us practical. What are people actually searching for? They're typing in things like finding happiness. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a few more examples. Um, You had another message in the same series called Good Grief. 
Oh yeah, that was about me think of Charlie Brown. (laughs) Well, it's about you know we're doing the Beatitudes, right? Yeah. So it's like okay, blessed are those who mourn. I'm not going to title it like how to mourn. Nobody's looking it up, but I'm like, good grief. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Like people think grief is negative, but it's really a good thing. Griefing is healthy. And you're like, nobody's typing in good grief on YouTube. So what did you do? So this isn't nearly as fun, but it's how to deal with grief and loss. It's actually very practical. Very practical. Straightforward. Yeah. And so there were a number of steps. And that's the thing. People are when somebody dies and everything and they're like, I can't get past this. I don't. They actually search. They go how to deal with grief. Mm -hmm. That's how people talk. So it's renaming things more in the vernacular. Give us one more example, uh, Lauren, from our relationship series. Yeah. So we did this series called Relationship Goals, and there was a sermon title that was called Soul Ties. Mm -hmm. But on YouTube, it was What the Bible Says About Sex. Again, clear beats clever every single time. You may have a great concept, and it's a key point in your illustration or story, and it rhymes or whatever it is. But being clear in the search world, YouTube, Google, whatever, beats clever every time. So what the Bible says about sex, I want to hear that. And we it, it absolutely increased our clickability, our click-through rates. Yeah, 100%. And so if you're wondering right now, you're like, okay, I understand the concept, but how do I actually find out the best practices for writing those YouTube titles and descriptions? You've told me they're so important. How do I do that? Well, the parameters are all available on YouTube. So we're going to link to those again in that leader guide for you because all of that information is available. It's free. It's available for you. So you can download that again, churchchanger.com slash podcast. And think of it for two different audiences. Like I will continue to name things, my my sermon, whatever it is I feel like the Lord is trying to say for Sunday, for the weekend. And that's what it is in person. But again, this is for a different audience. This is thinking the needs of the digital audience first, what they're actually searching for, looking for. One final comment, um, because everyone listening has different constraints. Maybe some of you are thinking right now, well, you know, YouTube, that's for the kids. Feels like a foreign entity. You know what? That's okay. If you don't know what to do or where to start, let me just tell you, I guarantee God has placed a 16-year-old in your church who does understand it. And she knows it better than I do or Lauren does. In this space, youth is an advantage. They actually grew up with YouTube. They're just native to it. We're immigrants. They get it. They speak digital. So point them in the direction of some churches you admire and see what those churches are doing. And again, copy them. It's not a matter of like, hey, we can't come up with our original. But where people have actually pioneered and paid the dummy tax like we have, it's actually a wonderful thing for the kingdom. So imitation is the sincerest form of flattery when you flattery, I should say, when you have these digital hacks. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to jump in with just one more piece of advice, because when we spoke about blogging, I said you needed to make it part of your weekly rhythms. That's actually what we do for YouTube as well. So each week when we're uploading our new sermon for the week, every Thursday, we fill out a document, a template we created with our title and description for YouTube. So we're making sure that those uploads, they're optimized from the start, from day one. And in fact, I have added a few examples of our YouTube write-ups to that leader guide as well. So if you want to actually just copy our template, if you're like, I don't want to start from scratch, take our template, make it your own, run with it. You can do that 100%. We always say, if our bullet fits your gun, you fire it. (laughs) You know what? Take our logo off it, make it better, pass it on to the next guy or gal.
Now, as part of our podcast each month, we want to spotlight some churches making waves and doing great work. It's not just about giving them a shout out, but it's about pointing you in the right direction. You know, for anyone working in ministry, a great habit to form is taking the time to explore the work of other churches. Don't operate in a silo or an echo chamber. You want to get out there, see how others are excelling, and you'll discover some key takeaways that would work for you and your church. And this is important because if you're in denomination, we tend to run with other like-minded folks. I have a smattering of churches, all different churches, sizes, streams of, of Christianity um, that I keep an eye on because they're innovative churches. We've talked about a lot of different things today. So who are we going to highlight, Lauren? So I'm going to be brutally honest with you, and I'm going to start with my church crush. Did what you, you know this existed? You in have church a church crush? crush? <laughs> it's not liquid? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so a church crush is just a church. You love everything that they do. You watch them and you're like, oh man, they're so cutting edge. They're so relevant. They're so engaging. So for me, that's Crossroads Church based in Cincinnati, Ohio. They're my church crush. You may already be aware of them. They are one of the largest and fastest growing Christian churches in America. But what you may not know is that they are actually killing it in the blog space. Now, Tim, you mentioned not everybody calls them blogs. They call them articles. Mm -hmm. And they upload content as part of their overall media online. But they are definitely optimizing their content for search. They're tackling questions that will appeal to non-believers and Christians alike. They have personal essays. They have testimonies that they're really real and vulnerable. And they tackle sensitive topics. They don't shy away from anything. They talk about sex. They talk about depression. They talk about race. And you can tell that they really strive for excellence in their writing and their overall media output. Yeah, you really do feel like you're on the Huffington Post website <laughs> when yeah. you go to crossroads.net. Um, or like you're reading content from some media giant because their articles have such relatable titles. Like here's a, here's a few examples. They have an article called Be a Better Husband by Bedtime. <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's... I know. And my wife was Googling it. <laughs> here's one. They have infertility is not a curse. You guarantee have people who are struggling with infertility, couples in your congregation. And there are others outside your congregation who can suddenly see your church as a resource to help them in their journey to starting a family. Here's a couple other titles I thought were helpful. They have one called Five Coping Skills for Depression because they know depression's been on the rise. You know, during the pandemic, people are looking for uh, practical tools. And this uh, I thought was so helpful, right? With the entire racial reckoning that's been going on. They've got an article called What Does the Bible Say About Race? Again, that's something that's such a generic title, but it's something that people are actually searching for to give context and nuance to the conversations we've been having about race and ethnicity. And you can even search their content by popular topics. So they've actually categorized their content. So they have categories like marriage, faith, uh, mental health, adventure. So they make it super easy to see related content. So today, we just want to encourage you to check them out. If you want to start a blog, if this interests you, man, you got to see what they're doing. So crossroads.net is their website. Or if you went to crossroads.net slash media, you could jump right to the content. If you want to see how a church can optimize written content online to reach people, they are definitely a church that is making waves. So as we close out this episode at Liquid, one of our core values, we like to say church is fun. <laughs> you know, I just grew up in a church that was a little bit serious side. Uh, you know, it's like no smiling in church, no laughing, no fun. <laughs> And so I was like, man, we're going to put the fun in fundamentalism, you know? <laughs> and so we thought hey, it'd be great. And if we could end each episode with something fun 
or something free because free is fun in my world. Uh, and that means what we're going to do is we're going to end on a high note with a little levity or a giveaway. And because I've discovered after the years of doing ministry, people just love free stuff. So let's start with that. Today, we have a giveaway and here it is. We are giving away a free coaching call with Lauren today. So if you want to pick her brain for 30 minutes on Zoom, because I know some of you are like, who is this woman? She is a Jedi master. I want to talk with her. You can have 30 minutes free on Zoom. Lauren would be delighted to field your questions. So Lauren, how can someone get a little one-on-one time with you? Yeah, so we would love it if you would go to our website, churchchanger.com slash podcast, download our leader guide for this episode. And when you do, you're going to submit your email address. I'm going to go and pick one of those folks for the free coaching call. And this is not a gimmick. I don't actually have, you know, a coaching side business. I'm not going (laughs) to try to sell you anything. Don't worry. This is really just a chance for us to chat, partner together to reach more people for Christ, because our heart is to help you succeed. Plus, can I just say the leader guide is going to be an awesome resource for you. It has a summary of today's episode, bonus resources, relevant links to everything we talked about, plus some discussion questions for you and your team. So it's totally worth the download. Again, thank you, Lauren, just for tithing your time, helping make the Big C Church get better. Guys, to see everything that we're doing, just follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at churchchanger. Plus, we'd love it if you subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is you're listening. If you enjoyed this show, just leave us a quick rating or review. Help us get the word out. Or better yet, share it with one friend who you think will enjoy it. I love that. Yes, share this with one friend who you think could benefit. We really hope that you got some practical takeaways today that you can put into practice tomorrow. And we are thrilled about the journey ahead. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We are cheerleading for you, for your church, and can't wait to chat more next time.